funny anymore. And good morning, Kingston. This is Waffles on CFRC 101.9 FM. I'm Matt. Uh, I'm Jay. Yes, Jay's here. Uh, Jay, Marissa is working today. Jay is filling in. I we didn't have this discussion before we went on air. Like, are you just Jay today? Are you Jay full name? Are we? Uh, Jay Mada is okay. fine, but Jay's fine too. Okay, well, just check. Some people are like, I don't really want to put myself out there that much. For all those people listening at eight a.m. on Saturday, right? Uh, and he lives, of course, at Two Bagot Street, apartment. Se- I'm kidding. Um, so yeah, Jay and I are going to be running the show for the next two hours. It is as usual going to be a blend of stuff. Uh, I didn't have a theme for the week, and I invited Jay to hop on board. And Jay kind of came up with a theme for the week. I don't know if this is something you've adhered to, but there was an initial discussion about this is your first time on the air as a co-host. So, sort of introductory songs. Uh, yeah, so most of the stuff I brought to listen to is from bands like First Full Length Record. Right. was a rule I mostly followed. Right. And then there's a few exceptions I'll make note of. And, I mean, you've, you brought in some stuff I'm genuinely excited about. Uh, the Super Friends immediately knocks me way back to a very nostalgic oh, time gosh. in my life. Yeah. Uh, ditto the Hoxley Workman. So, yeah, no, it's going to be a great show. Uh, as often, we are starting off with a little bit of classical and jazz. Uh, the first album by the Griffin Trio, which is one of Canada. As most acclaimed small classical outfits uh, from their album Hayden for piano trios. We're going to be playing in G minor, Hob XV19, Adante Presto. Someone who knows classical music probably knows how to make that into something intelligible, but that's what it's called, and that's what I'm saying. After that, Canadian jazz musician, uh, Corey Weeds from his most recent album Explosion, a track called Canadian Sunset, and you brought us in some Joe Barber. Yeah, first first early Jill Barber stuff from when she was here at Queens. Oh wow, really? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Do you know the album at the top of your head? Uh, a note to follow. So okay, and what early two thousands? I'm guessing. Uh, 2003, I think. Oh, 2002. Wow. So yeah, so a little bit of classical, a little bit of jazz, and a trip back in the Jill Barber Wayback Machine is how we're kicking off the show. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm here with Jay until 10 o'clock, at which point Hugh is here with Folk Everything. And this is the Griffin Treville. And uh, a Dante Presto in G minor Hob XV19. It sounds like a robot. (laughs) It's a classical robot here on CFRC. (laughs) Thank you. 
that I love you, but I won't and I don't. If I did, we could build a little house, a couple of kids. Oh, wouldn't it be nice? Oh, wouldn't it be On CFRC 101.9 FM every Tuesday at half past 11. Listen to the latest news in biobusiness, environment, and health issues. You will also hear from technology experts, policymakers, and people who are bringing changes into our daily lives. And this is Waffles on CFRC. Jill Barber's voice is very much Jill Barber's voice, even in yes. like a first recording. Yeah, I, I think that's what I. My wife went to school with her here at Queens and uh, ended up at her CD release show without ever, ever having heard her before. And right. she was just blown away. And Yeah, no, great song. And then um, she played it for me when, I, when we got together. And I was like, this is amazing. This like jazz singer voice and then this like beautiful folk singer-songwriting stuff. Yeah, I no, it's, it's, it really is a great... That was a great track. Uh, so I'm Matt. Uh, this is this is Jay. Hi, hey. Jay. Hey. Uh, we're here until 10 o'clock. Hughes in after that, folk, everything. And we are basically... Well, we got into deep controversy during during the music break. Did uh, we? Well, we kind of... No one... <laughs> it was... We got into ideas, folks. And and the, the prevalence of ideas and the... Uh, Let's say the devalued currency of ideas, because you're you're a filmmaker. I make stuff myself, and it's it's interesting how much of it is is built into execution at the end of the day. Uh, how much of stuff is about finishing things as opposed to having a great idea for a thing. The older you get, and the more you get into actually trying to do things creatively, the more emphasis you put on actually finishing the project as opposed to having a good idea for it. I think I find too, uh, um, as we all age all the time. Uh, I think older people tend to be more hesitant to take on projects, but I don't think that's because they're not interested in doing them. They just understand that they only matter if you finish them. Right. And they don't want to take on 
like five different, even just like, uh, Hey, do you want to like jam with this band? You're like, God, I want to be in this band for three years and push and record an album. And you're like, I don't think so. So I'll just say no right away. Right. Whereas someone younger might, you know, string it along for six months and then. I'm, I'm slowly over time getting better about taking on new things, but it's still a problem for me. And I'm in, I'm in my mid forties and I still, I look my entire, I feel sometimes like I look behind me and all I see is this broken graveyard of abandoned projects stretching (laughs) all the way back to my teen years. Like one out, all of these things I have started and then stopped doing probably thousands of things that I've said, this is, this is the thing, this is going to be my thing. And then it just turns out not to be your thing. So I think you're right. I think you do develop more cautious instincts over time about starting stuff. I think there's some dartboard quality to it, too, where, like, you'll start something and and you'll know, like, you have to take a stab at it to know, but then there will be a point where you know it's not going to work. Right. And I don't think there's anything wrong with abandoning those ideas because you're just, if it's not your thing, if it's not going to be what you want, you shouldn't put more time into it. And so right. having these things in the past, like sometimes I'll write a first draft of a script because I had an idea and then I read it over and I'll be like, Oh no, I don't, I don't love this in a way that I want to like pursue yeah. it for three years. So much of I'll life just... is knowing when to cut bait. <laughs> it really is. And this is interesting because you brought in music today, which is mostly from debut albums. Yes. So for the most part, these are artists that uh, not not I don't think necessarily entirely, but for the most part, these are artists who have stuck to it. Uh, so you've got some Sloan coming up and some Joel Plaskett coming up, and I've never heard early Joel Plaskett actually. So Joel Plaskett, um, as a lot of people know, was in a band called Thrush Hermit yep. from a very young. I think they were touring when he was like sixteen, something well, like that. We're going to get into the Super Friends era, and they, they're all. This is all of a piece, like in yeah, terms it's all of when Halifax, it yeah, sort of, yeah, bands that ended up signed to Sloan's uh, record label. Uh, and so Joel Plaskett recorded this record uh, in need of medical attention while he was still in Thrush Hermit. Right. Um, their record label. They got signed to Electra when a lot of bands from Halifax got signed. And Electra gave them uh, a half-inch eight-track recorder, which is a very professional recording rig. And uh, he just started recording songs as well as what he was doing in Thrush Hermit. So right. when their last record came out, this album came out at the same time. Uh, and it's it's a sad record. It's very down. Oh, no. <laughs> but it's, it's brilliant and it's great. And uh, it has less of the... I don't know, like pop folk element that some of his later stuff has. I mean, he's been, it's funny cause he's not old at all. And it like, he's only a few years older than me, but right. he has like, I don't know how, like 12 records or something. Yeah. It's crazy. He has this huge career because he started when he was 16 and Joel Plaskett is his second band. Wow. Like Thrush Hermit did a bunch of like singles and EPs and stuff and two really, really great albums. Yeah. Three great albums? No, the first one was an EP. The Smart Bombs an EP, and then uh, Sweet Home Wrecker and Clayton Park are amazing albums. So, uh, and he stuck to it. And uh, so, we're going to be capping mm-hmm. this off though. New music, also from New Brunswick. So this is an all maritime set. Uh, Brookside Mall, which is named after a mall that is now shut down in um, in New Brunswick, and uh, the title track from their but it's, it's Brookside Mall from their EP Brookside Mall. We're going to be playing the track. Brookside Mall. Uh, the key lyric in here that I really like is, I miss the weaker thans and spending summer with my friends. It's a wist. This is going to be a wistful. We're going to be. I think we all feel that way. Get out your hankies, folks. It's going to be a sad maritime set here. Uh, but we are starting, of course, with The Mothership, the uh, the first Sloan album smeared in 1993, which begat a record label and begat all sorts of things out of, out of the East Coast. 
Yeah, this was they released this on I think Geffen took this record and put it out and then dropped them after their really brilliant second album twice removed. Yeah, so. and then they started Murder Records and the rest mm-hmm. is his and we're going to be hearing more of that history later on in the show. Uh so this is Sloan from Smeared from 1993 and Left of Center here on CFRC. Everything he knows is retro 
disease or an invocation Like there's a fear in age Apples in my gaze Behind translucent glass Brookside Mall here on CFRC. This is Waffles. I'm Matt. Uh, I'm Jay. And uh, we're here until 10 o'clock playing all sorts of stuff. I've brought in new music I'm excited by. Jay has brought in a lot of music from the first albums of musicians that you may or may not know or may not know where you know them from. Uh, so something I am super excited by, Angelique Kidjo. She's been around for a while. She's an African musician. She's very well known in world music circles. And um, she's a Talking Heads fan. So a while back, she's been listening to the early Talking Heads catalog. And David Byrne definitely was bringing in a lot of sort of Afrobeat influence in the in the 80s. And so she has recorded the entirety of the Talking Heads Remain in Light track for track as an actual Afrobeat album by an Afrobeat musician, which is herself. So we're going to be playing her take on Once in a Lifetime. I, I genuinely think it's a magical cut. Uh, after that, we've got some Rivers Cuomo. Uh, Cuomo? Yeah. Cuomo, yeah. Cuomo. Uh, Rivers is the lead singer and main songwriter of Weezer. Just probably my favorite band. I, I don't. Okay, so uh, but in the in my the email, immediate, my immediate follow was going to be I remember Weezer, and now I'm like, oh, that will make him mad. <laughs> they uh, actually, they their new record is really poppy, and my daughter and her friends all really, really like it. But it's it's a it's a very successful pop record. Um, I really like it too. Uh, this track we're going to play is the prettiest girl in the whole wide world. And uh, it is, it's cheating a little. It's not a debut record, but he, he used to make demos on an eight track cassette recorder, which right. is a thing. Um, they just use like high speed. So it's like a four track cassette recorder, but the tape just goes twice as fast. So you get eight tracks instead of four. 
What? No, sorry. I, no, you've because I used to have like a little old Fostex X26, right? Okay. Which was technically a four track. It would take standard size cassettes, mm-hmm. and it would just you know like left to right uh, for both sides of the yeah, cassette. So, so it was track. a yeah. four track. But how does it going just, twice as fast turn that into eight tracks? So they're tiny little like the record heads are super small. So they're just half okay. the size. So instead of being like left right left right one two three four, it's right. like twice as many so okay. they're just half the half the width so okay. normally it's all about like the amount of tape per per track right so instead of making it wider and using like a a quarter inch or a half inch or a one inch or a two inch tape they just run the tape faster so if so you played something from an eight track recorder on like a four track it would be all r- super r- slow mo- yeah so basically it the quality is maintained because they're spreading the, the the information out horizontally instead of vertically that's right okay yeah gotcha. you can always do that with tape speed so people will use different tape speeds so you can get more off let's talk more about Folks, recording techniques from don't 1991. say this is not an educational program <laughs> We're learning a lot today. Um, anyway, so this song is a, it's a demo uh, for Weezer, and it actually is on a Weezer record. I like this version like a million times better. Right. And there's this whole, I mean, the, this is the second time we've discussed artists who've done things while they are inside other bands. And mm-hmm. this idea of bands as incubators for future solo careers is just kind of an interesting idea in and of itself, because there's so many solo musicians have started in a band, and and... It, there's, it's very. It seems to be more rare now that a band breaks up and then someone goes solo, than it is that someone starts doing solo stuff concurrent with the band, and the band may stay together, the band may break up, but they tend to. I tend to look to the Wu Tang Clan, as I do in most things in life, right. as kind of a, a source for wisdom, and they seem to have a amazing management style. Of the Wu Tang Clan has never broken up. But pretty much every single member of the Wu-Tang Clan has released a whole bunch of solo albums. So that they've managed to maintain this kind of independent thing, but they've still got the band thing going on. I have no comment. I don't know Wu-Tang where I'm going with this. It's, I've been up since 3 in the morning. I have crippling insomnia. Uh, Jay has never actually been on the air as a co-host before. That's true. We're, we're both. It's, it's going to be a rough ride until 10 a.m. Fortunately, he was coming in, and he is extraordinarily professional. So he is going to smooth out all of these rough edges. Stick with you. And, of course, stick with CFRC for your entire listening day. Uh, this is Angelique Kitcho and Once in a Lifetime on CFRC. And you may find yourself living in a show. Gone shack, and you may find yourself in another part of the world, and you may find yourself behind the wheel of a large automobile, and you may find yourself in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife, and you may ask yourself, Well, how did I get here? Letting the days go by. And you may tell yourself, this is not my beautiful house. And you may tell yourself, this is not my beautiful world. Letting the days go by. Letting the days go by. Into the blue again. Once in a
All right, we're hitting pause on the proceedings because we're going to have a we're going to have a discussion about artistic integrity. Okay, where were we? So so basically, we're playing this, and I, you may you raised, and I'm not going to try to summarize your point. I think we'll just let you have at it. But okay. I think the very salient point that there's a question about artistic merit when someone is basically covering a very popular song. Yes, I guess what I was saying is I have a built-in prejudice against any artist when they cover a really, really well-known song. And I understand that they're, it's their job and if they found a way for their job to work better then like it's totally worth it for them to get hurt. And this song got hurt on the radio today because it's from... It's a song from a band that you maybe really like. Oh, and absolutely. so you pick it, right? Yeah. And then it gets played and that works. But just for me, uh, like the the juice from creating is about it being like your initial kernel of an idea and then you put everything you have into it and develop it into something and then push that out into the world and then it's you. And then people relate to the part. I don't know. Whenever, whenever artists are honest, I think just their basic humanity comes across in their work. And that's what people relate to. And they're like, oh, that's just like me. Right. And then when you start layering that in a cover and a cover of a cover, then it starts being like, what are they? They're relating it to something they've heard before. And it's not it's not personal anymore because that person didn't write that song. And that's all like super like rude of me. No, it's <laughs> not. It's not. I think it's to a judge le- other creators because they can all do whatever they want. That's just that's just how I feel about it's a, it. It's a legitimately interesting point. I think it's interesting because I think um, I, I obviously can't speak for the universe, but I think you are a musician, so you access music as a musician. Whereas I can play a chord on a ukulele, and that's the extent of my power. So I access music instrument. as a listener. So I tend to I tend to gravitate. You're right. I tend to gravitate towards things that are familiar. And so, I mean, in this case, uh, she's taken on a project where I'm going to re-record this entire Talking Heads album, and I've listened to the whole thing through twice, and I was making a decision last night, like, ah, I want to play something from this, what am I going to play? I made, frankly, I did make the easy choice. I was like, this is a song that people will recognize, they'll get that it's a spin on the thing they know, mm-hmm. so ah, I'm just going to pop it in there because it'll take less less building around than trying to explain what she's doing and playing a song that people might not know from the Talking Heads. Sure, and I, I think it, and it was. I enjoyed it. I think it's, it was a good track. So it's, it, but I mean, it's it's an interesting conversation to have because we play a ton of covers on this show, and this is partly because CFRC is bound by condition of license to try to avoid hits. Right, like we get licensed by the CFRC, CRTC, to try to fill gaps in an overall programming landscape. So mm-hmm. we are kind of mandated to not play top forty songs if we can at all avoid it. So if someone's if someone says, "Hey, can you play this thing?" I'll be like. I probably can't play that Rod Stewart song, but let me try and find an interesting take on that Rod Stewart song, and that way I can scratch your Rod Stewart-loving itch while at the same time fulfilling the station's obligations and also kind of my personal interest to avoid Rod Stewart. Because Rod Stewart's great, but he's... Great he's, singer. He's done fine. He doesn't need my help. Right. Whereas Angelique Kidjo is someone that I feel more inclined to promote than even the Talking Heads. Because, again, David Byrne's doing all right. He doesn't need any... He doesn't need any juice. So I guess my take on it is if this gives her juice, I'm happy for her to have it. But I totally get where you're coming from in terms of this is more compromised for her than writing and recording an original song. Yeah, do you do you remember the first time uh, I did an interview uh, with you guys? I don't know, a year ago, year and a half about ago. About that, when Live in Kingston came out. Um, and preceding my interview <laughs> was five different versions of uh, 
happy. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I came on the air and I have like, did you guys just play five? I was wondering why you were livid. <laughs> you were throwing things, kicking. Like we had to cut a lot of audio out. It was it was pretty it was pretty horrible. And actually. there's something interesting about hearing five versions <laughs> of a big hit song. But just for me personally, I would just play the original or play something. <laughs> and I, I get that. I guess for me, it's it comes. It's a bit like jazz, right? It's not about the song. It's about how are you taking the song and doing something with it that's your own. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but it's not yours. It's just what you do to it is yours. But what it is isn't yours. And again, I think this might be um, a perspective thing where a someone who is a creator and creates music would have a different take on what's interesting about music you didn't create. I don't know if that sentence actually holds together, but hopefully you've seen where I'm going with this. Grammatical clauses, yes, and I agree. And uh, I'm always very sorry for any opinions I express. I, I, as am I. We're all very apologetic here. Anyway, well, we were we were we were having this conversation off the air, and I was like, you know what? It's community radio. <laughs> I was so much meaner off the air. We can do whatever we want, uh, and if you want to do whatever you want, I encourage you to go to cfrc.ca/volunteer and get involved here at the station. You can do stuff like this, or play stuff like this. This is Rivers Como. We're getting back on track. This is the prettiest girl in the whole world on CFRC. Yeah. 
Donald Trump, the Flat Earth Movement, Artificial Intelligence, the Decline of Blockbuster Video. Are you wondering how the heck the world got so weird? My name is Ben, and I've got a brand new show for you here on CFRC 101.9 FM. It's called What on Earth is Going On? And every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m., I try to get to the bottom of that question. Join me each week as we take a peek behind the events that shape our country and our world. What on Earth is Going On? Find out every Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m., here on CFRC. also known as Big Mama Thornton, was a black American R&B singer. In 1957, she recorded her song, They Call Me Big Mama. In this song, she sings, They call me Big Mama because I weigh 300 pounds. I can rock and I can roll and can really go to town. Keep in mind that at this time, the term rock and roll was black American English slang for sex. Not only is she singing about her sexual prowess, but is also proudly stating her weight of 300 pounds. Do you know your feminist history? And you're listening to CFRC. Matt and Jay are doing waffles today. Hello, Jay. I keep thinking you're calling me Matt. Um, <laughs> and then you're at channel. Like, that would make me, me Jay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm mm-hmm. down with that. So what's up, Matt? Oh, no. We, we lost Jay. Uh, so, yeah, a, lot, a whole bunch of music on the show today. Um, Hawksley Worksman, Hawksley Workman coming up from uh, for him and the girls, right? His first album. That's right. Yeah. He's, uh, uh, he's from Huntsville, just north of where I grew up. He's, yeah. He's a few years older than me. My older sister was kind of his neighbor, like a couple of houses down. She gave me this album for Christmas and said, I think you'll really like this guy. He's going places. I was like, I do like this. Bullets is kind of my big track off of For Him and All the Girls. I almost brought Bullets. Oh, Bullets is great. Well, they're all great. I that, mean, it, that album's really great. And my favoritest music, my favoritest of all Canadian musicians, uh, who we're going to be playing sort of later on in the show, John Southworth, is uh, backing vocals on a lot of the tracks in there. And concurrently, Hawksley Workman was backing vocals on a lot of John Southworth's Sedona, Arizona, which is also a great album that came out around that time. Anyway, after that, Pedro the Lion. I'm not familiar. They are kind of a mellow rock band from Seattle. Okay. Uh, so is this yeah. from the peak Seattle area era? Is this like grunge kind uh, of? 97, so post. Okay. Post like, yeah, they're not, and they're not grunge at all. It's very like, uh, very sincere okay. kind of folk rock. Great. It's great. It's really great. And sort of in that vein, we're just going to tack up a little bit up the coast from Seattle and stop off on the west coast of Canada. Uh, the North Atlantic Explorers have a new single out, The Sky Ain't Ever Been So Blue, and we're going to be checking in with them. Uh, all of that and nothing else on Waffles on CFRC.
Genderqueer, two-spirit, lesbian, bisexual, gay, pansexual, and questioning youth under the age of 19. Operating as both an activity group and a drop-in space, Fuse is a place to meet friends, get support, foster empowerment and self-reliance, build community, share knowledge and skills, access resources, work on projects together, and have fun doing it. We meet every Tuesday at The Space at 20 Montreal Street between 3.30 and 5.30 p.m. Feel free to be in touch to find out more by emailing the facilitators at f.u.s.e.kingstonyouth at gmail.com. We play everything from Roddy Abramson. Never 
to Zahn. I'm JV, inviting you to join me every Tuesday night, 8 to 9 p.m. for the Canadian Shield, only on CFRC 101.9 FM, Code Cable 282, and CFRC.ca. Nowhere else. Uh, this is Waffles on CFRC. Yes, we are on Code Cable 282. Hello to all of you who have faithfully plugged your cable into the backs of your radio, or whoever that works. I don't know how cable radio works. Have you ever listened to cable radio? I have not had cable since 1996. Yeah, me neither. So, I mean, hello, Kajiko Cable listeners. Tell us how you do it. Waffles at CFRC.ca is our email address, and you can drop us a line about that or anything else you're wondering about on the show. Uh, If you would like to listen to past episodes of Waffles, or if you're a podcast fan, and you want to just get this downloaded into your ear holes on the regular, this is also a podcast. You can go to wafflesradio.ca, and there's all sorts of information there on how you can subscribe. Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, all the things. We're doing it all. And uh, Jay and I are playing music up till 10 o'clock. So I've got something. We mentioned Hawksley Workman kicked off the last set, and I mentioned mm-hmm. that concurrently, early Hawksley Workman was kind of launching his career at the same time as my favorite Canadian musical guy, John Southworth. Hawksley took off. John Southworth, I think, has had a respectable career and continues to have a respectable career, but does not kind of hit those workmanlike heights. Okay. Um, but he's got the kind of career where people such as the Canadian agro-punk band Effed Up, which we will not say the full name of, will tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, will you do some guest vocals on our new single? And he'll say, yes, yes, I will, because he sort of talks like that. Um, so, yeah, that's where we're leading off with normal people. I have done the due diligence of sanitizing it a little bit. So Effed Up featuring John Southworth. And after that, The Inbreds. The Inbreds, yeah, this, I'm cheating on this one. This is not from their debut record, uh, which the name of which I can't think of right now. This is from uh, Combinator, which is their second album. But the first one was a collection put together from previous eps right so in that way this is sort of their so this is their first created the, album yeah the first album they put together as an album right as a whole it's a great record um you yeah, listen to amelia Earhart. and i realized a halfway through you were saying that i had i had the inbreds in my head as a punk band they're not a punk band at all they're pretty chill no i don't i don't think any of their songs are super right. punkish, but you could you could argue a little bit of pop punk or like a, an early pop punk kind of band, like because this is from '94, which is oh wow, it's earlier than I thought. Um, yeah, and they were they were here in Kingston when they first started, and I'm guessing the Super Friends were around the 1994 era as well. Um, yeah, mock up scale downs '95. Uh, this is Super Friends Z, and we are once again back to the East Coast to the Halifax days, the Halcyon days of the mid 1990s. When Sloan was king of the charts and all was well in the world. Yeah, I was saying, uh, just a friend of mine in high school, Grady Kelnick, who is uh, a great musician in his own right, uh, he really liked all this East Coast stuff, and he sort of brought it into the band we were in together. And then all of us liked it. And eventually, somehow, I think my whole high school ended up being... I think a lot of Canada became like huge right. fans of Sloan yeah. around that time. They were all over much music, and they were just... They were a very fun band to, to be fans of. It's strange when you think about how much the vectors of music discovery have been sort of taken out of the hands of, like, your high school tastemaker since then. Mm-hmm. There used to be an era where there was the cool kid. And, you know, he's the coolest kid in ninth grade. And he listens to this. And, well, I better check that out because he seems like he's the cool kid and he's into this stuff. Uh, the Internet has taken all that away from us. Has just <laughs> taken so much. <laughs> <sighs> well, now I... Now I'm sad. 
Um, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Again, lots of insomnia going on here today. This is... I don't think this is earlier than you usually get up, but this is certainly earlier than you're accustomed early. to being on the radio. Yeah, normally I'm only talking to children at this time in right. there. Uh, so we are going to play a little effed up. This is certainly going to get the uh, get the blood flowing. If you are driving a car right now, please remember to keep your hands at the 10 and 2 position and do not punch the air. Uh, this is Normal People on CFRC.
KFRC 101.9 FM, Saturdays, 1.30 to 2 p.m. Passe, join me, Deborah L. Smith, host of Collective Rights, R-I-T-E-S, Radical Indigenous Third Entertainment Space here on CFRC 101.9 FM. Every week, myself and featured guests talk about a variety of topics in the Indigenous arts, on artists, spaces, entertainment, sports, and storytelling as medicine. We're emerging, we're current, we're what's rights, here on CFRC 101.9 FM. And you are listening to CFRC 101.9 FM. Matt here with Jay. Hello, Jay. Hey, I have a question. Yes. Why is it called Waffles? Uh, because we, this was kind of one of those, we could not decide on a name for this show. Um, Marissa's vegan. I'm vegetarian. My big proposal was tofu scramble. Because, you know, <laughs> Saturday. Sure. And uh, basically, Marissa had other ideas, and we just could not agree. And it was one of those just kind of like, why don't we just call it Waffles now? Fine, we'll call it waffles. And then it sort of grew on us, but but it became important to us that it dispelled all caps with an exclamation mark at the end. And the song, where, where's the song from? The, <clears throat> the song, song is from a cartoon called Teen Titans Go. Oh, okay, my boys like that. Which yeah, is yeah. a very popular Cartoon Network show, and it's one of those things where I am legitimately, thanks to Netflix, a Teen Titans Go fan. I'm a man in his 40s. It's just silly. You need that in your life sometimes. And one of the episodes, they just suddenly break into a very protracted song about waffles. And I'm like, well, there you go. For the longest time, it was Something for Cat by Henry Mancini from the Breakfast at Tiffany soundtrack. Okay. Which is, uh, so what we were talking about when we were on the air while last was mixtapes and being of a mixtape era and having things in your head that when a song ends, the next song must begin and the song is this and it is this way because of a mixtape that either you had for years or changed your life. Or for you, it's albums. Yeah. I was saying uh, in high school, the last two years, um, we moved out of town. We already, a little place called Bracebridge. We moved even out of that little place. Uh, to a little tiny place called Baysville, and I drove half an hour to and from school every day. And I was just saying that the, those tapes, including that, that Super Friends record, Mock Up Scale Down, was on like a 90-minute tape with Thrush Hermit's first LP, Sweet Home Wrecker. And right. I've heard that album like maybe 500 times, and I was saying, I will, I'll probably never again listen to a whole album. You can maybe just put a period right there, but I'll probably never again listen to a whole album that many times. Right. And, like, how you appreciate it differently and how it feels different. And I don't know if it's, like, a, a Stockholm Syndrome thing where you're, like, a prisoner of the record and you start loving it more and more and more because it's your home. Right. Or uh, if it really is a, a way to, like, enjoy it on a deeper level. I was saying, like, you might listen to it the whole time and you're just like, oh, that hi-hat sounds really interesting. Like, it's it's closed on the chorus and open on the... That's it. Whereas, like... You only get there after, you know, it's this thing. everything concurrently, everything gets better and everything gets worse. There's so much more variety now. I, I have so much more ready access to new things. Uh, one of the things that I, I like to harp on about with my friends is at some point in my lifetime, media consumption moved from a model that was based on scarcity. So do you do you have access to this? If the movie's not playing, you can't see it. If the, mm-hmm. if the if the VHS store isn't doesn't have it for rent, you can't rent it. And if you don't have the money for those things, you it's out. It's gone. There's no option. You have no choice. It is this entire scarcity structure. To now, all of my media choices are based on time management. Am I going to make the time to? engage with this because i've got more media coming at me than i can conceivably know what to do with yeah like i subscribe to netflix i I could do nothing 24 7 but just watch stuff on netflix and i would never catch up i feel like when i start to watch something too i'm more aware than i ever was before of how long it's going to take to watch it yeah and that isn't something i ever considered 20 years ago be like 
Oh, is this half an hour long? Oh. So, that being said, we appreciate you spending your time with us this morning, gentle listeners. Uh, coming up, uh, Ian Spotting, and I Don't Wanna. Ian Spotting, a great Kingston band, uh, fronted by my friend Sean Wyma, who did the score for this little movie I did called Live in Kingston. Uh, he's a great musician, and uh, he's just a great artist. He's the kind of person who will spend two days working on a one-minute instrumental track that may not do anything, and he'll show it to you. Like, that's amazing. He's like, yeah, I just had this idea. Right. He's just, he's a great artist. Um, after that, uh, Yukon Blonde, new album from them, just, 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 just came out, uh, critical hit, going to be playing a track crazy off of that. And after that, uh, one of the things I do for this show is I will go to kind of the new Canadian music sites and just sort of see what they're recommending and occasionally just pick up a track from them. I don't remember anything about this. I don't know what this sounds like. I don't recall it. It's just in the pile of stuff I liked that I brought to the show. And I think I like it because they're called Mango Reinhardt. And the track is called <laughs> Night Glow. But I legitimately do not remember what this sounds like. So this is going to be a bit of a mystery box for everyone involved. Uh, but we're going to start it off with a great Kingstonian, and it sounds like a good friend, Ian Spotting, here on CFRC. Where's my soul? 
Where's my soul? Where's my soul? I'm not trying to get in your way. This is where I belong. I need your attention, your eyes locking mine all night long. Right now it isn't likely. Crazy.
Look around you. Over 1.6 billion people live in substandard housing, and 100 million people are homeless in the world. Everyone deserves a roof over their head and a safe place to call home. That's why, for Habitat for Humanity, it's vital to mobilize volunteers and community partners to build affordable housing and promote homeownership as a means to break the cycle of poverty. Through volunteer labor, money, and materials donated to the Restore, you can share Habitat's vision of a better future. Log on to habitatkingston.com to help Habitat for Humanity bring in more families home today. A house is only the beginning of a life-changing experience for both volunteers and Habitat partner families. And this is your Habitat for Fine Music CFRC.、Uh, this is the end of Waffles. I'm Matt. Thank you so much for being here, Jay.、Uh, thanks for having me. This, this is really fun. This has been a ton of fun. I, I, I like to be occasionally done deep dives into like philosophy of music.、Um, at some point, I'll be less punchy and you'll be more awake, and we will do this again. That would be really fun.、Uh, we are going to close it off with a slab of four tracks. One of the one of the rare times we're playing four songs. We're going to start it off with the Sleuth Bears. So、this is the Kingston band that I don't know that any of them live in Kingston anymore. But、uh, it was produced by Matt Rogalski, who was the. He sort of produced all the recorded tracks from Live in Kingston. He、yep. has produced half the bands in Kingston. I Actually, think he's he、uh, just produced the new Dutch Y EP, which is fantastic. He、um, is an incredible, he's a magician.、Yep. He isn't sometimes, like I know a little about recording, I've recorded records and stuff. And then sometimes you work with people, you're just like, oh, oh no, he, this, he is a wizard. He has the hat. Like, yeah, and this, this record,、uh, Make Plans Together, I don't know if it counts as their debut because they have. It's eight tracks, so it's sort of an LP, and they have two recordings before this. But I love it. This Make Plans Together record, you can get it on Bandcamp for free, and it is maybe my favorite Kingston record. Fantastic. Maybe ever. Wow. That's high. I, that's high. You made an ama- entire movie is, about music in Kingston.、So、yeah. That's astonishing not, praise. It's an incredible record. I, I couldn't recommend it more.、Uh, after that, a subject always of interest to Kingstonians, especially as we move into September the rentals. The rentals. <laughs> So, the rentals are the side project of Matt Sharp, who's the bass player from Weezer, because why,、okay. why not play two Weezer tracks? Whatever happened to those guys?、Uh, they put a, the rentals put out their third album in like 2014 or something. I'm at Weezer. Oh, we. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> This is the show never, where we slam they, Weezer, folks. <laughs> they've never been bigger.、Uh, he did it while he was still in Weezer. This is between the first and second Weezer records. That's the self titled and then、uh, the very well regarded Pinkerton.、Um, This song is called Friends of P, and it is maybe the first song that my daughter liked when she was a baby. Her name is Peja, and sometimes we just call her P, so she thought it was about her. Oh, huh? Yeah.、Uh, after that, closing it off, I Am the Mountain, band from the West Coast. Great, mellow sound. We're here for each other, which is also the,、uh, the title track of their new album. And now、uh, we're going to close it off with Shayla Miller, something I think that Hugh will actually like. So we're going to lead into Folk Everything with a bit of Shayla Miller and her track, Willow Tree. And that is off a brand new album out of Alberta called Bad Ideas.、Uh, Uh, thanks again, Jay, and thank you all, folks, for listening. This is the Sleuth Bears and Down the Line here on CFRC.
I'm a good guy for a gal. So won't you look my palm over? I got time for a chat. So won't you tell me my future? I'm gonna break down at 50. And I'm not quite a stallion. I'm a good guy for a gal. And I'm mentally slipping. Oh yeah, oh yeah, what's that you see?
Space and time just dying to be found. 